This is NRL Boom Rookies. everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, another pod debutant, it's AAP's Rugby League reporter, Jasper Bruce. Hello. G'day Matthew, thanks for having me on. Mate, good to have you on. Uh, the second uh, AAP guy that we've had on in the past couple of weeks. Um, For listeners, what do you do better than George Clark? Oh, um, the effort areas, let's just say mm. that. Nah, just kidding. He's a flashy player, old George. Yeah, yeah, he's all he's all all bark no bite. George Never Clark. wants the hard carries. No, we love George. Um, but it is great to have you on uh, for the first time. Very excited to have you here. Uh, full round of footy to talk about. Lots of big stories coming out of the weekend as well, and we will have to go all the way back to Friday night to start that with the Warriors pulling out a twenty nine to twenty two win over Manly. Another week, Jasper, where the Warriors are kind of sort of doing enough to beat these bad teams en route to now what seems all like, I think, I think certainly a top four finish. So uh, what did you make of this one? Again, I mean, they, they came from a reasonably deep hole by their standards uh, just on halftime with Manly taking that 22 to 16 lead. But uh, yeah, they, I thought they were, they were very good the second half and didn't really give Manly much of a step. Yeah, I think that's probably right. They're a bit of a funny on the wires, aren't they? Because I kind of had the same opinion as you where it feels to me like they haven't, been convincing the last little while, but you have to go back to that Souths game. That was their last loss. Mm. And that's a fair old while ago. So, you know, you, you can only play as in front of you. Yes, probably should be putting a bigger score on a team like Manly. But having said that, we saw what they did against Penrith the week before. So, yeah, I, I think it's a fair assessment that that second half got them, got them home. And that probably does put the final dagger in Manly's finals host, which admittedly were already on the brink. They were already like, final. even by mathematical yeah. standards, they were very mathematical. But yeah, they are completely did. Yeah, this was funny because um, I watched, I was meeting some friends out on Friday night and um, I was watching this. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll leave. I'll get an Uber just before halftime. I'll miss halftime and I'll get to the pub when the second half starts. So I'd, I'd, um, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Luke Metcalf went over in about the 25th minute or something. And so that was to make it 22-10 to the Warriors. So I got up and got my things and, and got there. And by the time I got to the pub, thinking it was 22-10 to the Warriors, that try had been disallowed. <laughs> and Manly had scored 12 points in the blink of an eye. So when I got to the pub and saw not only were the Warriors not on 22, but that Manly were, it was quite shocking. Yeah, really impressive late late half burst for them, but... Not much doing after half time. I thought it was a bit of a shame. I think I think they've got reasonable reason to be aggrieved about the Ruben Garrick no try as well. But yeah, I didn't see much for them in the last half an hour of this game to uh, to to say that oh geez they could have won this game because I think that once the Warriors got back on top of that arm wrestle as they do so well through their forwards, they were they were good enough to just keep them at bay. And then Maratonia Kore's late try was pretty good yeah and another great game from dwz the flying perm it's a funny one because I'm, I'm a panthers fan as you know matthew mm. and i never saw a whole lot in dallin when he was at penrith i must say and now he's he's in career best football if he's not the form winger of the competition i don't know who he is he's playing mm. so well and i think it was a similar sort of story to manly just looking at the score sheet that yeah jason saab Patrick in that first half, but similarly to the game against Penrith, didn't do a whole lot after half time. So, I mean, there are, there are cl- clearly green shoots at the Manly Club at the moment, and you know the last two first halves both been pretty solid. But 
coming a bit late in the year and it's got to be done for 80 minutes. But yeah, look, I think there is genuine reason to be optimistic if you're a Manly fan after those last couple of losses to two teams that are going pretty deep into finals. I reckon we'd both agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm still potentially not as sold on the wires as some people are. I think that they mm. are making sort of it harder than it needs to be against some of these lesser teams. And I think for the, just on a personal level, it's slightly concerning that literally the solitary good performance that Souths have had in the past three months came uh, away in New Zealand against the Warriors. So, but yeah. Yeah, they, they've been they've been good all year, and you're right. I'm I don't know. I still don't know if I'm on board with the flying perm as a nickname, but I love watching. <laughs> I love watching him play, and it's it's one of the, it's now one of the sort of most exciting moments in football when he gets the ball ten meters out, and you know he's going to sprint to the corner, and you know he's going to do something cool. Uh, and once again in this one, he didn't didn't blow it. So yeah, they're looking good. Uh, can't wait to see a packed out. Mount Smart Stadium in whatever week of the finals they host a game, but it will happen at some point, and that's exciting for them. And yeah, Manly, better luck next year, I suppose. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that about the Souths game in New Zealand. I think when we think of the traditionally strong Warriors teams, like Auckland is a nigh-on impossible place to play if you're an away team, but it kind of hasn't been that this year, and they've still been a really solid side. Like, you have been able to go over there. That Broncos, the the game where the Broncos were really under strength and went over and there and won. That comes to mind as well. It, it's an interesting one, isn't it? That if, if you had told me at the start of the year, the Warriors are probably going to finish in the top four, you'd think, oh, geez, well, they're going to be undefeated in Auckland, probably, or undefeated in New Zealand. And it hasn't really been the case. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just nice to have them back and being good again. It's been a little while. It's been a minute since we've had a really good Warriors team. So that'll be fun. Mm. The fans are great as well. Every crowd shot was awesome. There's a few funny signs and funny Funny outfits again. So good on they them. They feel the funny signs, don't they? They, they really love do. The funny signs, yeah. Uh, yeah, 15 and 7 now. Fantastic season. Andrew Webster, I think, coach of the year. Not very much yeah. argument from anyone else, you wouldn't think. Moving on, uh, a team who's kept their season alive, the Sydney Roosters, a team whose season is now officially dead, the Parramatta Eels. Um, yeah, Parramatta turned up for about 10 minutes. And then, <laughs> and then, yeah, they were really, they were awful. And the Roosters played quite well. We talk about a repeat of last week's game. It was kind of similar to that Broncos effort, I thought, where Parramatta were really in the fight early, but mm. the scoreboard doesn't reflect that at all. And nor should it really, because they, they dropped off quite emphatically once the Roosters hit their stride. And, and yeah, the Roosters' attack has sort of started to hum a bit more in recent weeks, but I don't know. The 2023 Roosters putting 34 points on you when your season's on the line is pretty poor, I would have thought, from from Parramatta. Um, yeah, and, and Tedesco going down is the big the big story out of this one, I guess, but I thought he was fantastic before that. And it has been admittedly a pretty topsy-turvy season for old Teddy, but I thought particularly in that first half, he did a lot right for yeah. for the Chooks. And and they're, they're, like you say, they're in the hunt. And I think I give them a good chance to beat the Tigers and then Souths uh, the, last, the last week. Yeah. Who knows what happens there. But oh, I think God. if they can win both those games... I give them a better than well. The, the, it's kind of out of their hands, you know, in 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 a, in uh, some respect because they need the Cowboys to lose a game at some point, even if they beat the Tigers and beat South, they still need the Cowboys to lose a game. Which, given the Cowboys played Penrith in the last round of the season, and I don't think Penrith will have anything wrapped up because the Broncos keep winning. I don't think we're going to see a um, repeat of last year's last round game where they played the Penrith reserve grade team. So, yeah, I think that. Panthers will probably take care of the Cowboys at the very least if the Dolphins don't this week. And yeah, the, the Roosters should keep 
their finals hopes in their own hands for that game against Souths in the last week, assuming they can take care of the Tigers this week. The Tigers have been, you know, a lot better the last couple of games. I think they've looked good. But anyway, back to this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. Like, it, it's it's quite funny that we spent all year putting lines for the Roosters week after week as they stumbled and bumbled their way to another loss. But this is now, I mean, we made a lot of the fact that they were the last team in the league to score 30 points in a game. And that only happened four weeks ago against the Titans. But since that, now they've now done that in three of the last five games. And in one of the other two, they scored 26. So their attack looks well and truly back again. I think they've just got, I mean, they've just got so many talented players and so many ways to hurt you. And with Swadley back as well, they just got absolute killers on both sides of the ball. And, you know, through all their faults, if you can fuck around for 20 weeks, but then figure it out in the last five weeks of the season and end up, you know, playing your arch rivals in what is now essentially going to be a de facto finals game, then, you know, none of that stuff truly matters all that much. Uh, I'll be interested to see what they do. I know Sam Walker's back playing reserve grab, but um, Drew Hutch has been fine. He's been pretty, been pretty decent for them. And I'd very, I'd be shocked to see a change in that regard in the next two weeks. What do you make of that? Yeah, it gives them a bit of a luxury. It's a bit of a luxury, isn't it? Mm. That that Sam can come on and play 14 and maybe come on in the second half. Potentially in this Tigers game, if the game's already out of reach and get a bit of a crack in first grade, it's quite the luxury they have. I agree with you on Hutcho. I thought he was particularly good in that Dolphins game playing seven. And again, solid against the Eels. But it's going to be whether they can... When we talk about the Roosters' attack, it's been against, what, Manly, Dolphins, and now the Eels. Well, you'd have to say we need to see it against a better team than any of those three. But, yeah, I I think you're right. I think they've been cautious with Sammy all season with this injury, but it's getting to the point now where, particularly for this South game, you want him him in there playing seven where possible. So I think hopefully back by the bench this weekend, but I don't have any mail on that. I would expect that they'll wait until quite late to make that call, but I, I don't know about make. you. Man. It is a big call, but I don't know about you. I still think that squeaking into the finals isn't a pass mark for this Roosters. Oh, side of course not. But I just think that given where they were six weeks ago, their fans will yeah. be delighted if not only do they make the finals, but they knock Souths out as a byproduct of that in the final week of the season. So, um, you know, in, in a season that looks completely lost for them, five or six weeks ago, they've now suddenly got it all to play for, which which is, you know, staggering, really. I mean, like, uh, basically, after they lost that, um, so they had that close loss to the Raiders, and then they lost to Manly at Brookvale, then they had a bye, then they lost to the Storm. They remember they lost quite handily at the SCG mm. uh, on, yeah. the 5th, on the 15th of July, so just over a month ago. Uh, and since then, they've won four out of five, and suddenly that combined with how poor the Eels have been, how poor the Cowboys have been, how poor Souths have been. Um, yeah, it's all to play for for them, which is just remarkable given given what we saw from them in the first 20-ish weeks of the season, but it doesn't matter. As for Parramatta, yeah, I think your assessment of their performance was very sim- uh, it was correct and it was very similar to last week. Like They looked good, they looked strong, they looked direct for the first 15 minutes and then it just all fell in a heap. And I mean, I thought this game was over by halftime. I know it was only 18-6, but uh, at that point, the Roosters just went on with it. And there's not really anything, I think, for this season that you can be happy about as an Eels fan. You look at the stats, they were dominated in every facet. They would, you know, the Roosters had 10 line breaks, for God's sake, 50-something tackle busts. They they were absolutely killing them. And 
yeah, there's really not much you can be happy about in a season where you're coming off a grand final loss and the expectations for your fans were quite high. And I know that they struggled all year with like getting all their forwards on the pack at the same time and all that stuff. And they've obviously not had Mitch Moses this last this last game, but I mean that those aren't enough excuses for for them to be. Yeah, sorry. In, assuming they don't win their next game by a hundred points, <laughs> which I think they'd need to do to scrape into eighth. So, yeah, I, I, and it's against Penrith too. So, yeah, <laughs> don't think a sixty-point win over the Panthers is on the cards for them this week. So that's them done as well. Quite, quite surprising. Are you surprised that we've seen the Eels fall in a heap in the way that they have? Yeah, look, I think I think in their defence, not a lot's gone right this year off the park in terms of injuries and suspensions. The mm-hmm. Dylan Brown suspension obviously came at a pretty crucial juncture of their season and he, he missed a really significant amount of time, more than two months. Sean Lane, we forget kind of how good he was last year for them on that left edge with Dylan Brown. There was just no consistency on that on that edge, which is where they did so much of their best work last year. So I have a little bit of sympathy in that sense for them. But at the same time, I think, you know, <laughs> Not all these things hit at once. You know, the, the start of the year with all these close losses, they should have been competitive enough. Yes, I know Madison was out. Yes, I know there were injuries. Yes, I know they were dealing with Papali'i and stuff going as well. But but you're a grand finalist last year. And truth be told, I thought they deserved to make that grand final last year. I thought they were a really good side in 2022. And it's a shame to see them give up so well, appear to give up so easily in this Roosters game. I know it's going to be hard without your game managing half to get back into a game like this when you're on the back foot, but yeah, to, to go into the sheds at 18, six and to not really fire much of a shot after, after half time um, is, is pretty upsetting. I think if you're an Eels fan and the way their defense has dropped off, not unlike South Sydney's, I'm sure we'll come to that, but they just seem since this origin period defensively, they just never really got back to where they were to begin the season. And I thought that was a real shame because I thought Parramatta probably improved almost defensively mm. in some of their performances earlier in the year. I thought they were fantastic defensively, but but yeah, look, it's 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 going to be a shame for them to to become only the second team in the last decade, Matthew, to play in the grand final and then miss the finals altogether the year after. The only other team that did that was the Cowboys in 2018, and of course, they only just squeaked into the eight in 2017. So yes, went on that glorious run. Yeah, so you'd have to say this is a pretty dismal failure of a season for Parramatta, unless of course they beat Penrith by 100 points and. Now, Penrith's defence is so good that in the last few years, they haven't conceded 100 points in a game, even once. That's so. quite impressive. You, th- you think at one point, maybe with all the origin players out, they might have, but no. Yeah, how do they do it? How I do just, they do it? <laughs> just, it's just effort and application, mate. Other teams could learn a thing or two. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, the Tigers, the era of Benji Marshall is upon us, and it has begun with a victory, a comfortable 24-23 win. <laughs> um I have never seen a short kickoff executed like that, and it just looks so smooth. It looks so casual the way they did that. Yeah, Appy was a cheat code for this this last little bit, wasn't it? He just, just fantastic. I thought and I thought they had another win in them. To be fair, the way they've been playing, and I know this has been a point that's been laboured on this particular podcast by various guests and by yourself, but I don't think the Tigers have been the worst team this year, and particularly the last little while. Like, I think it's it's a shame. Not a shame, but Tim Sheen's going now almost, you'd expect it after a, getting pumped a bunch of times, but they haven't really been pumped lately. Yeah. It's just been a lot of gallant losses. And I know we're not in the business of gallant losses in rugby league, but yeah, I thought they had another win in them. 
And I probably do look at this Dolphins game as their best crack at it, seeing as they were playing a couple of teams like the Roosters that are still in that finals hunt. Um, really, really pleased for them. Blow for blow, this is always going to be a bit of a high-scoring game, I think. Um, and and that, that last penalty goal, from a tough angle, Coruscant, not your normal kicker, bouncing off the crossbar. It's it's the stuff dreams are made of. So Very satisfying. The Benji, the Benji Marshall era has begun in stylish fashion for the Tigers. You'll love to see it. Yeah, it was exactly, I mean, exactly three months since their last win. So, fuck, a long that time That on us, didn't it? That, yeah. uh, 10 games. It didn't feel like it that. It doesn't many, feel like say. it was, I yeah. mean, I, obviously we were on the hill at Leichhardt, Hooten and Holler in that night when they put 60-odd on, on the cows. So, it doesn't feel like it's been three months since that day, but uh, time passes like sand in an hourglass, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, look, they came into this game short price favorites. I know that they... Uh, you know, they ended up having to struggle pretty hard to 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 get it done. But I, I really enjoyed this game. I thought it was I thought it was competitive. I thought um Trey Fuller um was a nice bright spot for the Dolphins. Um mm. obviously they've got now they've just got both eyes on twenty twenty four and beyond. But that's really all this game was about was about giving some of these young guys that they signed um throughout the year. Um some chances and he's one of them and they 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 i mean obviously their main issue this year was always going to be depth right and we very mm. much saw that in this like not in the game itself but like how we got here like this was this was like i mean in terms of nrl there's several guys that a casual fan wouldn't recognize fuller being one of them like jj collins being another one um and they did all right. Like, honestly, they played much better than I thought that they would. I, I know that it was only the Tigers, but the Tigers were still backed immeasurably short into this game for whatever, which, by the way, I do think no matter who you're playing is insane when you haven't won a game. It was a little excessive. Well, it was like a dollar forty or something. Like, come on. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, we had, you know, some decent performances from guys. I think, again, Harrison Graham didn't look out of place in first grade. He's another – he's one of those young guys they, they – they hoover. I think it was he their first ever signing. Yeah. Do you think people saying Harrison Graham was the Dolphins' first signing is the new Damien Cook used to be a beach sprinter? Yes. I feel it's like gonna it be, it's going to be right. It's going to be one of those, one of those for sure. Um, but yeah, like guys, like I mean, they 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 weren't getting a whole lot from a couple of the guys on their bench in this one. But I thought that I I thought that on you know a couple of bounces the ball go their way and this was. A, kind of more like one of those classic Dolphins games that we saw earlier in the year where they hang around and hang around and hang around and then suddenly you'd be like, oh, they're, uh, yeah, they've, they've taken the lead, which was kind of their calling card in that middle period of the season. But yeah, Appy Coruscant, too good. And it's it's quite interesting. Like he, to me, is, it's not just his play this year that's been encouraging. It's just been the fact that like, it's so easy for anyone in that situation to just be phoning it in and not doing their best every week. But he's not just been their best player. He's been one of the best players in the comp this year in a team that's won four games. And it, it once you've signed your big contract and that's it, like it's so easy to just phone it in, but he hasn't done that at all. He's been incredible every week, just trying every single little thing that he can um, to help get them over the line. And in this, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them that they finally managed to do it here. Yeah, when, when he got up on stage, admittedly, after a fair few beverages, uh, after that grand final win from Penrith and made that joke about yeah. going to the Tigers <laughs> on throw-in premierships there, you sort of looked at him and went, 
is this going to be one of those ones where you go cash the paycheck and and sail off into the sunset with a couple of years of mediocrity? But it's been anything but that, hasn't it? He's been, like you say, fantastic. It wouldn't shock me to – I don't think it will happen, but if he made it to the Dally M10 the year, hooker of the year, like it wouldn't stun me, which is saying well, quite it, a lot. It'll be him or Harry Grant, right? Yeah, he's been, he's been fantastic, I think. Happy and, and in the halves, I mean, yeah, he did play a bit of time there at Manly, and I think even at Penrith in his first stint played a little bit of, little bit of uh, halves there. But but yeah, it, it's 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 the versatility. I know he he prefers playing in the middle, but to be able to marshal this team around, pardon the pun, uh, and then kick this this game winning conversion when he's not really their normal kick up, sensational and a game that hopefully Tigers fans can take a bit of solace in after a year that's really not gone to plan, but. A year that probably hasn't been as terrible as a four-win record would lead you to believe. No, I mean, again, I know we've said that before. You meant uh, it's just I, I, the, the way they've played in these last month or so. Like you're right, the, another win was coming at some point, and yeah, look, it, it came in this game, and like they, they, I don't think that a four win, like four wins in a season, is like. That means you were really, really bad, right? That means like mm. you're like even in even in 2002 when this when with the worst Rabbitohs team I've ever seen, they won five games. So yeah. <laughs> like four is not many. So good on them, I suppose. But I think I think in the six again era, the haves and the have-nots, the gap is kind of bigger than ever. That there are some teams that are just this fast style of footy that you know, the game's a lot different than, than it was even 10 years ago. And a lot of teams have adapted really nicely to it. And then mm. others are still falling behind. So I think even now, like, if you're, if you're finishing last, like, I don't think we're going to ever see seasons again where last place has, like, eight wins or seven wins, which mm. you know, probably could have been the case a few years back. So, yeah, I'm not, no one's saying it's a good season from the Tigers by any stretch, but... I just hope history doesn't look back on this particular season, and particularly the last couple of months, too scornfully because I yeah. think... Well, they've now matched they last year's wins total, which, I mean, if they hadn't won more games than last year, that would have been pretty outrageous because I do think their team is yeah. better this year. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dolph, I mean, cool. Uh, see, uh, um, I mentioned Trey Fuller, but, you know, uh, you know, old debutante getting a try and debut is always nice. That ticks all the niche boxes that we like. On this show, who's most likely to be a future what about this bloke contender in this game? Is it JJ Collins? <laughs> um, look, there, there's a bunch of them. I think Val Tafare has cult hero written all over him. And I guess it depends on how many first grade games he Does. ends up playing. I don't know yeah. who's 18th man for this particular game. But um, yeah, he, he, he's got what about this bloke all over him, I think. Um, Oh yeah, there's so many of these Tigers blokes are quite young. Is the thing Alex Twal, I suppose maybe. He's oh come on, he's too well man, known. He was the he was yeah. the sports he was the sports biggest meme for like four years. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. I guess, I guess so. And I guess I guess the enduring power of memes probably means that he will be it's too true. well known. I could. I mean, I hope it doesn't end up being a guy like Dane Laurie if he goes back to Penrith and just dominates reserve grade again. But yeah, it's again the fact that he's leaving is shameful. <laughs> it's actually it's upsetting, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's been filthy. Particularly since signing this deal, I think he's been a lot better. But even in the couple of weeks before it was confirmed, I think it was that Dragons game, he was quite solid. And yeah, I know there was some minor injury stuff earlier in the year, but it staggers me that he wasn't given a crack in the halves full-time. Is it like as an attitude thing? Did he clash with Sheens? I'm not sure. But yeah, it, it's sliding doors moments, but shoulda, woulda, coulda. But yeah, I, I think... This was obviously the wrong call to not give him 
much first grade time earlier in the year when the season was still kind of there for the taking a little bit for the Tigers. Absolutely. Oh, well, you live and you learn, I guess. And maybe you learn not to rehire a coach who last coached in the NRL a decade ago and clearly doesn't... Who could have, have, who could have seen it coming? Oh, yeah. Who could have? There was no way of knowing that this wasn't going to pan out for them. Um, the next game on, on Saturday and not one with a great deal of intrigue, but one close to your heart as the Penrith Panthers uh, sleepwalked, sleepwalked their way to a 40-14 to 14 win over over the Titans. Were you worried when Cleese Haas went over in the second minute? Did you think, oh, this could be the week? Well, I was actually, I was driving to Wollongong and I timed it so I was like, I'm going to get there just in time to go get my burrito from Guzman y Gomez, mm-hmm. get to the stadium in time to watch Panthers and Titans in its entirety from the Wynn Stadium press box. And I, ju- I was just just a little bit too, I didn't time my run to perfection and heard this try and then went back and watched it. Um, but heard this try initially driving down the main streets of Wollongong in my car and I was I was stunned, Matthew. I was pretty surprised by that. And Had to pull over don't for think a couple of minutes, take a breath. A couple of, yeah, breathe in, breathe out, sort of calm blue ocean for sure. But uh, yeah, it, it's... It was probably not the start Penrith wanted. And I don't think Penrith were probably similar to that Manly game. For last chunks of this game, I don't think they were actually that good. And it's probably a credit to them that not really that good still ends in a 26-point win. Um, and similar to the tit- for the Titans, I guess, they are a team that has shown they can have a crack for portions of games, but not really stick with teams. And we saw that against Cronulla last week too. Um, and yeah, it's a taken care of business win for Penrith. Good to oh, see yeah. him put on a bit of a score because that has been... A comment that's been made about the Panthers is they don't really put teams, uh, put the cleaners through teams, and they they did do that by the end here with a couple of late tries. Dylan Edwards, again, massive, particularly in that first half when the game looked like it was kind of in the balance, like uh, just out of yardage. We know that's what he does best. But, yeah, Titans threatened to have a real crack early in that that second half, losing Jaden Campbell. Obviously, you never want to see a bloke go down that way, but particularly someone like him who we thought next year – Maybe his role would start to become a bit more defined. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really sure what's going to happen now, but yeah, it's a shame to see someone fall in those circumstances. Yeah, I think ticked all the box of a typical Titans game. Can't prepare a try, Dave Fafita try, um, but and then you know lots of bad defending in between. But yeah, yeah, it's. A, I've never. I've never cared as as much as some other people about Penrith not like flogging teams because I mean we've now got three years of evidence that it doesn't particularly matter whether you win by 20 or whether you win by 40 because they'll turn up at the end and they'll be the best team as they've shown in the last couple of years. But yeah, they have started to do that a little bit more recently. I wonder if that's by design um, or if it's just happenstance, who knows, but yeah, they were fine in this game. Is there any one you want to single out for uh, sort of individual performances before we move on? Just Edwards was my, Number one here, I thought. But, geez, we're going to miss Stephen Crichton. I, I know Penrith lose players every year. And I've, I've come to accept that it's going to be some of the good mm. players going for more money. But, yeah, I can't remember a player playing in that position that I find more entertaining. I, I think he's just, oh, without one-handed intercepts um, in, in the Manly game, he gets a late try again here. I just, in terms of an athlete as well, I don't know that we have he, he looks like an AFL player, really. Like, we don't have as many blokes like that carving it up in the NRL. And, yeah, I think he's just such an X factor. And and I was all, I was all right saying bye to Coruscant and Kikau and Capewell and all those guys. But this one's going to sting, I think. Mm-hmm. And, 
yeah, I know bigger and better things and playing playing fullback at the Bulldogs. I know fullback is something he wants to do, but yeah, that one that one's gonna hurt, I think, when I first see him run out in a Bulldogs jersey. Yeah, totally fair. Yeah, Edwards, I think he had like two hundred meters at halftime or something. Like just yeah, fuck. It's interesting, like I, I I think the Dylan Edwards stuff is almost a cautionary tale on not just being like too snarky and too counterculture all the time because like you go back maybe a year and a half and Dylan Edwards was like becoming the new hotness with like casual rugby league fans or like people that just sort of gravitated towards like effort and 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 things like that and it was kind of like pushed back on a lot by the smart fans if you like but mm. he's shown himself to be I think that their most important player, if not second behind James Fisher-Harris or maybe even third behind Yo or Cleary, but he's shown himself to be firmly one of their most important players. And he just seems to just be an eight out of 10 or better every single week. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's ever going to make the case that he is the best fullback in the NRL and people might not even have him in their top five, but I think he's the best fullback for this team Mm. in what he offers support runs, consistency. They're a team that's all about consistency, right? They're a team that has this game plan, grind teams into the ground with high percentage football and then take your chances when you get them. And he's just that to a T, isn't he? He, he just epitomizes what Penrith's all about. And next to a guy like Jerome Luai, who can do the flashy stuff, Edwards doesn't have that pressure sort of to do that. So I think he fits perfectly in this team. No, I'm not the first one to say that, but yeah, he's he's... He's astronomically important to what they do there. And I think if it comes down to it between giving him and Luai, I don't think that's a line ball decision. I think Edwards is your guy. I agree. They're both off contract at the end of next year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. So will be. That's, yeah, I, that's I the big one, right? Like you've lost a few other guys, mm. but I mean, Appy aside, none of those other guys you've lost are as important as either of those two are to everything that Penrith do. So, mm. I mean, I think I'll keep both of them, really. But I think, I think if, you, so. if you, I think I can't remember if it was on a question time or a regular show, but we were, we did, Camp and I did discuss who of the, if you could either keep one of the two, who would it be? And I firmly said Luai. So I firmly said Edwards and he firmly said Luai. So we'll see what right. happens. But I think they would just keep both. <laughs> I know it's yeah, boring, I but like, the... you don't lose all these other guys to not keep two of your like big four or big five or whatever. Yeah. What was it all for getting rid of these other blokes if it wasn't to use that money for guys like Edwards and Luai? Uh, and they've, they've shown that they've they've got an eye for a bargain, like a Zach Hosking or someone like that, mm. Scott Sorensen. They've shown that they can bring juniors up, Sunia, Taruba, Taylor May, all these dudes. They're not going to have problems with a production line. What they are going to have problems is keep with is keeping this system going as it currently is in that spine. So I think I think Dylan Edwards and Jerome Luai, you'd like to say they're going to be staying at Penrith for a very long time. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Uh, and the final game on Saturday night. Um, you do have to feel sorry for a guy as talented as him when he's stuck in a team like this that's just finding ways to lose games every single week, don't you? I am, of course, talking about Billy Burns. <laughs> William Burns. Yeah. What a player. Um, well, I thought he had a great game here, to be yeah. fair. But he also came up with a couple of classic Billy Burns moments. Some, some It's a great rugby league name, Billy Burns. It really, really it is. is. It's, it's um, the Billy part. He's doing yeah, the heavy absolutely, lifting. Yeah, right. Bill, well, but, the burn's also good. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, this is a funny <laughs> one because the Dragons started great. Again, like, I don't know how, I don't know how it was 18 all at halftime. Like, they looked so, they looked well on top. They looked very composed and they looked 
good value for their what was it eighteen six lead or eighteen eight lead eight or something four, yeah. eighteen four yeah and no I mean that's that coat's try especially was just terrible I I, I saw some dragons fans like defending Tyrell Sloan's defensive efforts by pulling up like missed tackle numbers for other fullbacks in the league and I'm like mate I'm not normally like I'm not an anti stats guy but sometimes watch the games is applicable and mate watch the games because it's like just let Coates run around him basically and it's not the first time that he's had a play like that as the last man I know being a fullback on a bad team can be a thankless job like you're called into the line of duty a lot but I mean I think he's an extremely talented player and the the main knock on him has been sort of those efforts all year really and this was one of the worst I think yeah it was it was also coach breaking through that front line there I, I can't remember off the top of my head's off the top of my head which of those the Dragons players it was but it's like when you're playing rugby league live on easy mode and you're just breaking tackles left right and center it was it was a training run that try and I think that was the one that really sort of put the knife in the Dragons in terms of confidence like to, to concede a try that easily yeah we know that they've had problems defending on that left edge so when Will Warbrick gets a first half hat trick it's not that unexpected but that coach try there was really no excuse for that and yeah, I mean, it's probably similarly to, to Reese Walsh when he first sort of started out playing in the NRL with the Warriors, that if you're a fullback who can do all the flashy stuff and attack, that's awesome and rare and X-factor, but you need to be able to back it up with your defense. And and Tyrell's still got a little bit of a way to go with that, I think, while, while Reese Walsh has sort of improved dramatically. But yeah, I, I think I think that has been the knock on Tyrell quite, like you say, quite right, but um, there's a couple other other things going on here. That left edge defense, like I mentioned, has been mm. an issue all season for the Dragons. And you kind of had the sense that once Melbourne sort of kept going, their completion rate was really good. Once they kind of got into some good ball, the Dragons are probably going to find it hard to keep them out on that edge. Yeah, a lot of a lot of joy down the Fenai freeway, wasn't it? <laughs> the F1, yeah, for sure. Yeah, geez. Like, yeah, um, just brutal defending out wide. And it's 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 must be so frustrating as a fan when you can just watch a team attack the same spot in your defensive line over and over and over again. And it just keeps working. <laughs> it just did here. And the Storm, again, like, they're not convincing to me in any way, shape or form, but they keep winning and they're going to finish in the top four. So I just, don't, I really just do not know what to make of them. Like, Ellie, Ellie Katoa has been you know, out of the team for a while. He's come back. They've been easing him back in the last couple of weeks. And I thought he was very good in this game, not just the two tries, but he he smashes Ben Hunt to set up that Jerome Hughes try that seals the game. He had a, one, a try assist earlier as well. Like he, he was superb. Um, and, but like by and large, I didn't think, like I, didn't, I think Harry Grant had one of his poorer games of the season. I didn't think their halves played particularly well, but they ended up with 38 points. So what does it matter when like, is it, is, do we just measure the storm by too high of a bar? Is that what this is? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because we were told this whole year that this is going to be kind of the young blokes and like, this isn't going to be as good a year. And Bellamy's talking about, oh, you know, maybe this is a good time to go out, whatever. And, and then they're still going to finish so highly uh, by any team standards. So to finish probably fourth, maybe fifth, to be fair, I still give Cronulla a chance of sneaking into fourth there. Either way, I think that fourth place team, there's a little bit of a gap between whoever finishes fourth and the rest of the top four. But yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe we're just so used to seeing the Storm as a top two team that when they finish fourth, we're all staggered by it. But yeah, they, they haven't been consistent this year. And this game, probably 
while they, I don't think they were really in significant danger of losing it, there were times when the Dragons did push them probably more than what they should have. So, But then, then the Dragons have been a little bit like the Tigers in that sense where the last few weeks they have been doing a bit. And it was good yeah. to see them do a bit against a really good team. Um, even if they're not as good a team as previous iterations of the Storm, that they, they can still... You know, 28 points is, is pretty solid against against what I would have thought for the Dragons. Yep. Um, they get another signature finish from Ravalawa that was very good that they sort of got that game uh, back in the balance. But yeah, Hunt's conversion attempts, not great, really. Um, it was a shame that they missed Zach Lomax. I didn't think that uh, in his place that, you know, Fini did a whole lot. And it's it's a shame, like, for them that they've... This, it's just yet another season where they've not had much to smile about. But I thought they played okay in this one. Just a few errors down the stretch. Again, like they had that. Um, was it was it was it our man Billy Burns? They had that late. Um, they, had, they had that late break through the down the left after the missed conversion, and then Billy Burns could have got tackled with the. I think well, it was him, right? They could have got tackled with the ball, but tried to throw a desperation pass and no one. They turned it over, and then of course Ben Hunt gets smashed by uh, Katoa. Drops the ball, Jerome Hughes gets a gift, and that's that's the end of it. So unfortunate for them. Another good win for the Storm, who just keep trundling on, don't they? Like I really don't know what's going to happen in the finals when they play Brisbane or Brisbane or Penrith, but they've got a great record over Brisbane. They've got a great record at Suncorp. So you know, who knows? Who knows, Jasper? Not me. Yeah, if you're the Storm, you want to play Brisbane in that first week. I would have thought. I mean, they've shown that they can beat Penrith, and there was that famous one where they held them scoreless last year, but. I would have thought that the Broncos are a tastier proposition for a Melbourne outfit that's probably not been that consistent this year and has mm. struggled in both its games with the Panthers. So interesting to see. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I do give the Sharks a little bit of a chance to to make it in here. Um, well, they've got to win the both their games, right? They'd have to oh, win both their games. The Storm could lose to Brisbane, couldn't they? Yeah, that that's probably the. I like. I don't think it'll be decided definitively till that last no that last that's weekend, obviously. True. But but. Um, yeah, like that that Broncos game. I mean, if the mm. Broncos, admittedly, the Storm do have a good record against the Broncos, but the Broncos haven't been as good in That's a lot of very games true. in recent times. So yeah, I, I think it could still fall Cronulla's way, but yeah, it'll be a bit of a Bradbury in there, wouldn't it? If they mm. uh, beat the Knights next week, then the Raiders up to that, you'd have to think the Knights probably start favourites in that Sharks game. Oh, but, yeah. but who knows? All right, and we're going to talk about the Knights right now. Uh, Twenty-nine to ten winners over a South side that. Uh, continues to disappoint me, uh, lurching from bad performance to bad performance. I mean, I understand that completion rate is not the be-all and end-all of a football game, but this is yet another game where, especially at halftime, they've come off the field and I've looked at the stats and just shaken my head at just how completely disrespectful they are when they have the football. Like 44% at halftime, Jasper, eight complete sets. But pathetic, absolutely pathetic. Um, and I don't really know where to start with the issues for this team because, I mean, I, I'm as guilty as this as anyone is thinking that once they got through that period with not having half their team and not having Latrell and all this stuff, that it would just work itself out. And then I guess the writing should have been on the wall after that Broncos game when they were back to relatively full strength, bar Latrell really, and didn't play well. And then didn't pull up any didn't pull up any trees against the Tigers really in that, in that close win. And then, yeah, but were 
close to full strength again, bar a couple of forwards in that in that Sharks game and got and got tonked. So, I mean, I wasn't full of confidence going into this game. I obviously, tipped them on the Friday show as I almost always do, but it, it, it was it, it looked bad from the outset. I mean, it's just sloppy execution. It's just application is terrible. Like to give away not one but two obstruction penalties in attack on the try line within twenty odd minutes of one another to. So, like, be finally sort of getting your way back onto the into the contest late in the first half, but for your halfback to try and kick a 40-20 and shank it 30 metres over halfway on the full for Campbell Graham, who was definitely, I think, inarguably the best defensive centre in the comp in the first few months of the season, for him to just be a seven-foot-tall boom gate for Caelan Ponga to run past over and over and over again in this game. I don't know what's going on. I, there has to be deeper issues at this club, but... There's no, there's no excuses that can be made. There's, they're just, they're not the team that smashed Penrith. That sorry, not smashed. That beat Penrith, smashed Brisbane, and smashed Melbourne in like three, three, three weeks. At the, in the earlier chunk of the season, this isn't the team that I walked out of. What ANZ in round eleven, they beat the Tigers to go top of the table, and they've had about one good performance since then. And that was that aforementioned Warriors game. I don't. I don't know what's happened. Like this, this game especially. This was the first game all year where they didn't have a single injury. The only player not playing was Tom Burgess because he's suspended. So they were full strength in terms of health. They were playing for, and we'll get to this in the new section. But they were playing in memory of of twenty fourteen premiership hero who tragically took his life over the weekend. Like there was so much to play for, both in terms of a football context and the stuff going on outside of football. And not only do you, not only do you get smashed, you you drop the ball, you bomb tries, you look disinterested in defense. And it, and then I guess the cherry on top was Latrell Mitchell doing the people's elbow to Tyson Frizzell with a minute to go. But yeah, I'm out of, I'm not making excuses to this team anymore. I'm just just disgusted with them. Yeah, and I think Jason Demetrio summed it up pretty well when he said they're a team playing out playing without much confidence. And I think part of it, I'm not sure if, if it weighs on your mind subconsciously. But when Latrell Mitchell came back from a similarly long-term injury last year, and it was just a bit of a magic bullet, and they sort of rode that wave all the way to the prelims, hasn't been the case at all this year. And no. I think, while I'm not going to disagree with anything you said about South, I thought Newcastle... They were brilliant. They were, really Newcastle nicely. were brilliant. Newcastle were brilliant. I don't, I don't want yeah. to get... Don't get me true. They were awesome. Particularly, I thought their edge defence really won them this game. The way even and Bradman Best both made try-savers. Like... They yeah, just, the and- effort plays they were making, which is it was night and day between these two teams. Like you couldn't tell that they were on the same number of well, sorry, they were one competition point apart going into this game. Could you? No, and and I think that's kind of what won the nights. This game was their effort in defense on the edges there, and that really prevented Latrell from obviously that left edge is where he does a lot of his best work. The scene of so many of his crimes. So yeah, and obviously he was frustrated. He was going at Tyson Brazil even before that. Uh, people's elbow like you said so so yeah look I, I think part of it was it wasn't just the south the the rabbitos sucking in this I think there was a lot to be said for Newcastle so yeah it, it's it's a shame to see what appears a lack of urgency or, or a lack of resilience when things like that happen like I don't know are, are you kind of expecting it'll come easily because Latrell's back now or you can do back to full strength or because you're south so I don't know what it is but it, it just it feels like it hasn't registered with this team that your season's on the line each of these weeks and there's only one more chance now. Well, I just yeah. I just don't think they're very mentally tough, mate. Like I understand yeah. that like 
things can go against you, but it feels like at the moment anything goes against them, they fall in a heap. Like they get like yeah. literally Newcastle's first attacking set of the game. Latrell puts Dom Young into touch. The referee decides it was a second effort. It wasn't. It was a bad call. But mm. they they don't they roll over immediately and Greg Marju scores in the corner, like three players after the penalty. Like that's the that's the kind of little things like that. It's like that the the moment this the moment things get hard for these guys, they they pack it in. And yeah, you can't win a competition. You can't hang with the good teams in this comp if you aren't resilient. And there's no resilience. And then the other the flip side is like just how bad they are in attack at the moment. Like there was like Cam Murray has not had a good season by his standards at all. But but that play right on half time, it's four on zero. Like it's quite literally he gets the ball, he gets around the last defender, and he's got three rabbitos on his outside with no one, no knights jerseys in front of them. And he throws it behind them. And you know, if they score there and it's twelve six at half time, maybe it's a different game. But it's not because they just they just blew it. And as I said, those two obstruction penalties, there was one Earlier in that first half where they made a break down the right and I think it was Campbell Graham's pass to Tane Milne or Tane Milne's pass to Campbell Graham went to ground and Lachlan Fitzgibbon was the one that was first to the ball diving on it. Mm. Like, and, and I, I think, and I know there's that old cliche about teams wanting it more and it's usually not true because you'd think that all professional athletes want it in equal quantities, but they don't. South didn't want it more. They wanted it far, far less. And the effort, the effort and the application that the Knights came with in this game is commendable. They were excellent from the start, both defensively and with ball in hand, like it's 29 to 10, but they scored six tries. Like they, they, they were more than good enough to win this game. And, but it was their, their desperation, their, their, their eagerness to stop South from doing what South wanted to do. That really stood out to me. And again, my, my disdain for where the Rabbitohs are. Don't please don't misconstrue that listener as like not giving the Knights great. The Knights were awesome in this game. The Knights were fantastic. And the Knights are a team that I've been very high on, for weeks and weeks now. Like, I think, uh, I, I mean, you know, I, I was picking them as a dark horse for the finals six weeks ago before they went, like, as they started this run. But, I mean, I don't think anyone, even the most ardent uh, Knights fan, could have expected them to be as good as they've been in the last seven weeks. And, like, we haven't even mentioned the fact that Jackson Hastings didn't play because Adam Clune came in and was fine, did his job. And it's a testament to how good things are up there right now that you can lose your halfback. And no one even really noticed. Particularly on that, yeah, that left edge, the way he combined with Kalen in that first half for that Marju hat trick. I thought he 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 fit in seamlessly there, and good to see him going overseas for a bit of an opportunity next year because I think he is probably a first grade caliber half. But yeah, it's 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 effort, isn't it? That I think the start and the defense point to a lack of effort, but I, it it was a shame to see there a couple of times where there were half chances going and blokes not backing each other up. Like I think it was either Cam Murray or Talis Duncan kind of breaking three close, breaking free close to that line in the first half. And Cody Walker's kind of there, but he's not quite. Mm. There's an arm free, and Cody's kind of just a couple meters too far back. It's like, what are you doing? Like, come on, I don't know. It just feels like there's not they're not gelling, or there's there's not maybe there's a lack of confidence, but it feels to me, or it's presenting like a lack of effort, like you say. So. Yeah. It's all coming down to this last game against the Roosters. So, uh, I mean, what kind of money? What kind of money could you have gotten at the start of the year that this would have been a play-in game? That not the only one of these teams would make. Yeah, I'm sure people thought that there would be this would be a big game and there'd be permutations, mm. but not for eighth spot. I don't think with how hyped both of these teams were in the preseason. Oh God, I can't it's, do this. It's a shame. It's a shame that it's at. A core stadium as well, I have to say. Like, mm. it'd be nice if this was a packed out Allianz rather than a 
third full accord. Whilst um, I do, whilst I do agree from a footballing point of view, from a travel for myself point of view, and from a French fry <laughs> point of view, I agree, <laughs> agree with all of that. But I think South have a better chance of winning at home. So I'm glad it's there. Oh God, what's what's that's all just gone to shit, hasn't it? It really, really has. What a, what yeah. a strange season it's been for them. Um, but you know, screw that. Newcastle, on the other hand, uh, I mean, Caleb Pong is playing close to the. He, he's close to the form player in the NRL right now. Like he's not going to win the Dally M or anything like that. But although God, imagine if he's getting six points a week in the last seven weeks or so, maybe he will. Uh, he ticks all the boxes. Good player on a not amazing not team. A Sydney club. Yeah. In not a Sydney club and, you know, plays a glamour position. He ticks all those boxes, but um, yeah, they they look great. And now it would take a minor miracle for them to not make the finals. Uh, and they could even be looking at a home final, Jasper, which is incredible given that they were, what, 6-1-9 and nine, or 5-1-9. and nine, um, 14th after 19 rounds, I believe. Yeah, and then it's, what, it's been seven wins and a bye since then or something. Just absolutely incredible stuff. So, yeah. I think it's too hard for them to make top four. I think that because they, they'd need the Storm to lose both their games. But with the Sharks and Raiders playing each other and them playing the Sharks specifically, like they could easily, I mean, they just win both their games. They finish, they'll get a, if they win both their games, they get a home final. It's that simple because they play the Sharks. So yeah, they, they if they keep winning, they're going to finish fifth or sixth at worst. So a really impressive a lot way of it. to end their season. A lot of these games towards the back back end of the season now feel like almost more than two point games because if then there's more of a swing, you know, if if the Knights can get two points, not only that, but take two points away from the Sharks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree. Top four is going to be a bit hard to storm out the Titans next week, so that's you'd have to think not one they're going to drop. But yeah, I, I think home final is starting to look pretty realistic for Newcastle, which is pretty special to see for the Nova Castrians. You reckon even the last two times they've played finals under Adam O'Brien, they've kind of felt like they've been making up the numbers a bit and have gone out both occasions in 2020 and 2021 in that first week. So, hmm. yeah, exciting times. And, and I think the NRL is always better for it when the small town teams are tracking nicely, and that's definitely happening with the Knights. So, yeah, yeah I, wrote, I wrote that this week. I mean, the old saying is when South is going well, rugby league is going well, but there's no team that sort of, I think, brings more of a buzz to the NRL when they're doing well than Newcastle. I think the, their fans are just so good, and they, they deserve yeah. this. It's been a, a very shit time of it in the last decade or so like basically since they made that prelim under wayne in 2013 there hasn't been a whole lot to smile about um apart from those two finals two finals losses lost to south and Parramatta. off the top of my head does that sound right yeah definitely both the first week yeah i want to say that's right because south 2020 finished six yeah well they had they had nights up like 14 nil in that game and then South stormed home and scored like 30 Mm. unanswered or something but yeah anyway yep they'll be there this year so good for them and the final game, uh, Raiders fans were nervous all week about playing the Bulldogs, which is a testament to where this team has got their fan base at mentally. <laughs> I told them they'd be fine. I picked them 13. I said they'd finally get their 13-plus win uh, this week, but Liam Knight has disappointed me one last time by scoring a late try for the Bulldogs and making it just a 12-point margin, but that does remain their biggest win of the season. Staggering. Just I know it's a word I've used already today, but just staggering. And it still never felt comfortable, did it? Like, it, no. it kind of, even when probably egos over late there, it's still kind of like, how are they going to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory this time? So, what a rugby yeah. league team. What a social experiment in driving your fan base mad. Just a perpetual relationship of distrust 
between their fans and this football team who, no matter who they're playing, will play down to that level and keep the game close. Uh, and at one point, it could, like, could, could well have been behind in this game. But yeah, I, I, I think that they, they showed enough in the last 20 minutes to, to make you happy if you're a Canberra fan. I think that's really when they pulled away. Some really nice work between their props to combine for that big puffer try that, that sealed it. I thought Jordan Rapana was really good again. Um, mm. You say what you will about him as a, a sort of like as a competitor. I know a lot of people call him a grub and things like that, and he probably is, but um, he just gives this team a spark that not few players have in, in, in the time that I've been watching this current iteration of the Raiders. I think he's so important to to everything that they do. And I think that moving him back to fullback uh, in this run has kind of helped them out, I think. Um, I saw some of their fans saying that, like, if Jack White had played this game, they might have lost, which I think is very harsh. But it's a, it's a bit uh, much. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not Jack White's number one fan either. But yeah, and I think with blokes like Rapana, like, guys that get called grubs, really, like, it, it, it just means they give a shit. Like, when, you, when, you're, when you're trying really hard like this to get under a team's skin no matter, no matter what, like Rapana can do, it's because he, like, cares. And those guys are X Factor players, you know, it's, it's like Michael Evans used to be. And I don't know. I, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm a Rapana man, and I think probably a little bit skeptical when I moved into fullback. But like you say, I mean, you can't you can't deny this result um, is is significant for this team. Do you have them playing finals now, or do you think they need 34 given their points differential? Um, no, I th- they're they're in right. Like they're they they play well. I guess the only thing is like it would require. I, I don't I don't think they uh, so the only way they miss is if the Cowboys win both their games, right? Um, because yeah, South, well, South and Roosters can't both win out because they play each other. So only the only way they're out is if the Cowboys beat Penrith and the Dolphins and Canberra lose both their games. So I believe that's correct, right? Uh, if we're wrong, too apologies. smart for me, Matthew. You're too smart for me, mate. If, if we're if we're wrong, apologies. But I believe that that is the only way that they fall out is if they lose out and Cowboys win out. I think so. No, nah, yeah, it's looking at the ladder now. That does that does appear correct. Okay, well there you go, and, and that didn't look like Cowboys aren't beating either. Penrith, so don't worry about it. They're fine. Yeah, yeah. Look uh, again, I, I just don't know what to make of this team. Like their points differential is just continues to be hilarious. I have I was gonna try and do this this week, maybe, but I'm trying to think of the easiest way to do it. It'd probably take ages. But like, has there ever been a team that's made finals without winning a game thirteen plus in a season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but you'd, you'd have to think probably. Has a team not. ever not won a game 13 plus in a season? Like, even a bad one. Like, even the Tigers won a game 13 plus this year. What about Rabbitohs 2002? Uh, they, they no, um, so they beat, they beat the Northern Eagles by eight. They beat the Raiders by six. They beat the Raiders by six. No, I think they beat the West Tigers 13 plus in the game that Joven Clark made his debut, I believe. I'm going to look that up real quick, but. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they did. And in twenty third in two thousand and three, when they won three games, one of them they beat the Storm by twenty five points. So, uh, yeah, um, beat yeah, the Northern where, Eagles by twenty four points. Yeah, um, and they also beat that. They also won that West Tigers game thirty eight twenty four. So there you go. Uh, I was there. Who's thirteen plus wins? Yeah, look at that. Their cup runneth over. So yeah, I think that. Um, and then in, in two thousand four, they had this bizarre thirty to six win over the defending Premier Penrith. That's my, my my point, dude. Like even shit teams with like win games. Didn't the Bulldogs tonk the Eels in a game last year? Like 
Yeah, that's right. Was it um, long weekend or Easter Monday? Yeah, game or thirty to four or something, right? So yeah, yeah like every right. team, every team has a big win at at some point. So for them to not have one, I say that, but I don't know if the Bulldogs have one this year. I actually don't. It sets um, the stage for a fifty nil Canberra defeat of the Brisbane Broncos next week. You heard it here first. Anything else would be historically. Improbable. No, the Bulldogs beat the Storm. By four, the Bulldogs beat the Storm by fourteen this year. So that feels so long ago. Yeah, it? it is. So yeah, I think I'm pretty confident that every team has a thirteen plus win this year, except the Raiders. Crazy. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know what to make of them. They're just such a confounding team, but they're going to play in the finals, and they're a team that I I think that can play up to the level of their competition. So like. If you can't play bad teams in the finals, you can't get dragged down to the level of the bad teams. So, like, it would <laughs> nothing, nothing would shock me less than the Raiders stumbling their way into the finals and winning a finals game or two, and then getting belted in a prelim. But no, yeah. like, that just seems so on brand for them. The next couple of weeks is going to be very interesting, though, because it's been a long time since I've played anyone really good, isn't it? Like Penrith belted them in Canberra in what round four or five, a, a long time ago. Yeah, they beat Brisbane again, not that recently. So I think the next couple of weeks will be quite interesting from their point of view. Um, they beat the, I think, top of my head was the last time they beat one of the current top eight, that Rabbitohs game where Corey Harawira Nida went down. Uh, uh, yep. got- yeah, 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 it would be, I think. So that's, that's, we're talking, that was when Souths, we kind of hadn't realized that they're, probably not world beaters this year. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I love the Raiders hype, love it, love all the, the banter and the sort of chaos, but it's gonna it's gonna take oh no, sorry, excuse me, they lost to the they lost to the Warriors by a point in, in July. But yeah, they haven't you know what I mean? Like they haven't had a lot of the really gun teams. Yeah, but like that game again was re- like the fact that that game got to extra time anyway was silly. So Yeah. Yeah. Um look, uh, it, it, but it's you know, you show up in the finals and anything can happen. So I think in it I, I do that's one expression that I've always hated when people go, Oh, I'd rather not make the finals than like finish eighth. It's like, no, I'd, I'd rather make nah. the finals. I'd rather just be in the finals, you know, because like I got it. Maybe I got it to a point when Broncos fans were saying that under Seabold a couple of years ago when they got belted by 50 in that first week of finals against the Dragons. Like I get that to an extent because they, they, they wanted him gone basically, but um, like nothing's going to change for Cam. Like Canberra probably have the most secure coaching situation in the entire league. Mm. Like Ricky's not going anywhere. And um, uh, yeah, I, I and I think for South is the same. Like Jason Dimitri is not going anywhere, and I think that they're a good football team when they get it all together. They've not been able to get it together. That's the problem. And we've seen the Raiders have success. Like this, the core of this Raiders team went to a grand final not that long ago. This Raiders is this is a team that, for better or worse, as much as I like taking the piss out of them, makes the finals most years. They're capable of playing well against good teams. They're capable of knocking off quality opponents, as they did in the finals last year against against Melbourne. So. Like you never want to. I don't think you ever want to miss the finals if making the finals is the other option. But, yeah, and uh, I think yeah. as well, this season's been that close too that it's not like the you know twenty two thousand twenty two thousand twenty one where it feels like a top six and then a couple teams sort of jagging their way in. Like yeah, the Raiders have been consistent or whatever, but they're still only two wins behind the Warriors who are third, right? So it's not it's not as if they haven't had a crack this year or uh, some shock contender that have just broken in and we all know are going to lose in the first week of the finals. Like, I think everyone in this top eight this year is going to deserve to be there. 
right? Like, even if it's the Roosters who have only gone on this late run to seal their spot, like, I think no. it's not one of... <laughs> it's, not, it's not one of those years where the Titans make it like in 2020 and kind of we go, oh, well, we know what's going to happen there. Although, funnily enough, that was the game where they that game was crazy. The yeah, pass the that ball. Was, that was the Corey, pass Corey, the ball. Corey Thompson should have got the match winner. But yeah. yeah, like that aside, it does feel like the kind of year where every team that makes it will have earned their spot because there are going to be teams that had pretty all right years missing mm. out. Yeah, I think that, that's true. And I, I think that like, they're like the the like so the Cowboys and Eels as well like on their day like have had good performances this year and they've got good quality players. I think that the competition's as deep as it's been in a while. And yeah, yeah, I think I agree. Some good teams are going to miss out, and some bad teams like Souths and Souths or possibly the Roosters are going to sneak in, which is oh remarkable. What a sad situation. Um, <laughs> yeah, the NRLW. Um, a couple of surprising games. I mean, the Sharks. I mean that that game got away from the Cowboys very quickly. I don't think we were. I think I tipped the Cowboys in that one. I wasn't expecting, wasn't expecting a forty burger from from the Sharks. But uh, yeah, they they were fantastic. Equal biggest score for any team in NRLW history, and they had a couple of chances late that they could have set a new record. Mm. Um, with the debutant winger, uh, it was a uh, Georgia Ravix stepping out. Yeah late there and then Vanessa Foliaki goes on a bit of a burst and gets pulled down. So yeah, like <laughs> this this sneakily could have been one of the all timers. They were awesome and, in this game. Yeah, fa- fantastic, right? And and I think they they kind of needed this after a couple of weeks. Like we know they started pretty well. They get that sort of close loss to the Titans. Um but in terms of the premiership now passing its halfway point, like we needed to see a bit from the Sharks and mm-hmm. that pushes them up to seventh, two wins, three losses, points differential is positive now. Like it, it, it feels like a really big win in the context of their season. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> give you some context. Um, they um, yeah, they're, they're, they're spine spine clicking in this one. Looked good. Cowboys again, worrying. Just, just like, just, just didn't turn up at all. Um, but hey, I guess that can happen. Defensively shocking, I thought. Yeah, really bad. Um, yeah, particularly on their own line, but just, just across well, ten line line. breaks in seventy minutes is that's yeah. that's really bad. Yeah, and that first try from Ellie Johnston kind of set the mm-hmm. set the tone nicely for the Sharks, didn't it? And and they never really looked back, despite a couple of mm-hmm. cracks from the Cowboys either side of halftime. But yeah, it's 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 a big win for them. Yeah, I think that at this point, like with only four teams making the finals, as you said, we're halfway through the regular season now. I think if you're one and four at this point, that's a death sentence. So the Dragons have avoided that fate with um a a, a, a stirring late comeback. Uh, Margot Bella going over in the corner in, on the last play of the game. You'd love to see that. Yeah, pleased for them because I think one and four probably wouldn't have done justice to their season. Like, yeah, they were, they, I thought so they played well last week too, and yeah, didn't have go down to, to the, for it. Yeah, they go down to the Raiders by that Temera field goal, and and um, yeah, it, it's just nice to see them sort of on the on the end of some good luck after feeling not dudded, but yeah, probably probably the season could have slipped away from them, like you said. So uh, happy for them, Jamie Soward, something for him to cheer about, and boy, did he cheer. Oh, the Roosters are good, aren't they? Pathetic. Grow up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean... Think you're talking about it. Boring. Move on. Yeah, it took them a few seconds to score a try, and then from there, one-way traffic. Thanks for coming. Uh, it's It's been a rough... I think because the Titans were on top of the table two weeks ago, I think it's been a rough fortnight for them with playing the two best teams in the competition and being beaten in both. It's an interesting one, isn't it? How in a competition that's a lot smaller, obviously, than the men's, 
like it takes probably you'd have to say in the NRL maybe six weeks, seven weeks for everyone to kind of figure out who the good teams are. And even then, we're still debating whether Canberra are a good team in late August. So so in a in a season as short as as the NRLW, it's gonna be a little while, I think, to determine this stuff. And and yeah, the Titans starting red hot and now coming into contact with a team that many expect to go all the way. Um, to lose by twenty two points is is a shame, I think. Um yeah, so we'll have to see what happens with them. But still, the Titans, for where they were at um, last year, inside this top four after five rounds, I wouldn't have thought it was a bad result. But, yeah, you want to start kicking a bit clearer. And uh, this Dragons game looks like a big one coming up in round six. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just it's, – it's, it's, I do like how cutthroat it is. Like, you don't really get this mm. in any sport now in, in terms of, like, such a small percentage of the teams making the finals. So – yeah, uh, it, it's. I think I, I do like that. Basically, every game has high stakes, uh, including. It's good the, though. Yeah, it, I was just going to say, it feels earned because last year when yeah. Parramatta squeaked into the finals in that sixteen competition and just squeaked in, yeah, a great win in that first week of the finals um, to make it through to the grand final. But yeah, it, it's kind of it, it felt a shame that they were even mm. in consideration, right? Whereas now there's not going to be any cheap tickets in. Much the opposite, really. It's only going to be very hard earned tickets into the finals, which Absolutely. you love to see. Yeah, uh, the Knights. I mean, this was a this was a great game. Um, really? Yeah, I love a kick that goes that bends both ways as it as it as it curls through. Jesse Southwell kept her composure, nailed that. Um, yeah, like not Newcastle really struggled for the, the middle portion of this one, and then this game just basically all hell broke loose in the last fifteen or so minutes. Yeah, I, I thought the Broncos' goal line defense was kind of proving the difference between the yeah. teams in this one, and then. The nice go bang 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 late, and and yeah, just just have a real crack. And it was it was awesome to see. I was up in Newey for the um, for the men's game and came up for the women's game early, and and it was awesome to see the crowd trickle in to about seventeen thousand by the end of things here. So everyone kind of got to see the end here, and 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 how Jesse Southwell got them home. I mean, I think she probably hasn't had the the second year uh, she would have wanted in some ways. Like I don't think she's backed up that form. 100%. She's had some good moments, not notwithstanding. But it was great to see her seal this one, I think, in mm. terms of her confidence in this difficult second year. I think that'll do a world of good for her. So, yeah, I mean, you'd have to think there's a two of the teams that are going to be featuring towards the end of the season. I thought Brigginshaw, another really good game. Meli Hafanga, I, I don't know why they don't pass to her every set. Like, it got to I would pass when to she her every that time. Try, yeah, when she scored that try, I think it was like her fifth or sixth run or something. And it's just yeah. like... It's like, I don't know, it's like when you're playing under 12s footy and there's like that one kid that's already had to start yeah. shaving and is like a head taller than everyone else. It's kind of what Throwing it feels like. Himself. Like she's, she's kind of, yeah, she's a bit of a cheat code. She's so good. And obviously yeah. had that game a couple of weeks ago where she scored four tries. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a rugby league footballer professionally or amateur at the moment. So I'm, I'm not going to tell anyone how to play the game. But geez, I would have thought. I would have thought that's the that's the go is getting into her as often as possible. I like that you said at the moment. Are you suggesting that you could be a professional rugby league player later, mate? If I hadn't known that you could be six foot four and be a halfback in the NRL, maybe I would have had a bit of a crack, you know, yeah. Matt Burton and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, that's that's all right. Um, just got to keep cheering for the lanky boys like Stephen Crichton. 
Yeah, you, 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 yeah, you tall guys Campbell have Graham. had it rough for so long. It's been, it's been. Brutal. We're the most marginalised Although, faction. I love that you named Campbell Graham and Matt Burton, two guys who had absolute <laughs> stinkers on the. But... Yeah, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe we'll stick with Stephen Crichton then. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah just stick with Crichton. He's fine. <laughs> He'll never let you down until next year. Um, I need to, be, I need to be naming the players that aren't going so well because it gives me a, a bit true. of hope that That's maybe me, someone who is not that good at rugby league. Could make a, a fair point, a very fair point. Um, anyway. and yeah, I think that the Brisbane has started to figure some stuff out, but it's an unlucky, an unlucky loss for them, which leaves them outside the top four and a big, big game again. against Canberra, who once again took care of business against Parramatta. It wasn't pretty at, at large points, but they did enough, and their their women's team has really exceeded expectations so far this year. Yeah, I think both uh, they and and the West Tigers in the in the NRLW. I know Tigers can get the the win this this week, but of those new newcomer teams, I think have both done so well. Um, and yeah, I mean to be to be third, tracking third, the Raiders with this game against the Broncos is is a pretty remarkable achievement. Four and one so far in your first season, and the Broncos still yet to crack the top four, uh, passing the halfway point of this season feels crazy, right? That they haven't been in the top four once. Obviously, that zero and two start left with black catch up. But yeah, you, you reckon for the Broncos that if you lose this Raiders game. Yeah, coming up next week, it's getting to panic stations a little. Well, as, as they say in golf, I don't, this this round upcoming is moving day, big time. We got Knights, Sharks, Raiders, Broncos is huge. Titans, Dragons again, massive. There's just one between fourth and fourth and ninth, uh, and the Tigers, Roosters. Like maybe can the Tigers hang with the Roosters? And I think not even necessarily winning that game, but just looking looking competitive would be would be a pass mark for the Tigers that one. And then yeah, Cowboys hopefully can get the, spark their season with a game against those lowly Eels who are still yet to win a game, but. Hey, nothing. You can't take it for granted. The Eels played all right against Canberra, like a, a close one in the end. Now, do they get Kennedy Sherrington back this week? Was that next week? No, I, I oh, one more maybe. Head. I think yeah, one. I think if I had to guess, I'd say one more. I think because it was in round two that that happened, right? So, uh, yeah, well, it was in that Knights game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a couple of things have gone their way. The Eels, chief among them as well, not having Rachel Pearson and Elsie Albert, their two star recruits to begin the season. Um, that did them no favors. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, much like the men's team, I guess there have been things that have played played into their hand. But no, I think uh, yeah, four suspension, four week suspension they got for uh, Kennedy Cherryan got for that night's tackle, and so, that was in round three. Yeah. So she misses four, five, six. Mm. Oh, so she's got two more games out. Jeez, that's not good. Yeah. Tough so times. things have gone against them in, in that way. So yeah. to be only six points behind the Raiders, who we know are a pretty solid side, not a bad effort, but. Um, yeah, you, you uh, want to start seeing them getting no. Uh One game to quickly preview on Thursday night. Your beloved Penrith Panthers hosting the Paramount Eels. Nothing on the line for the Eels. Uh, still playing for the minor premiership for Penrith. Uh, you're $1.10 favourites in this one. Uh, it's fair to say these two teams have had diverging paths since the grand final. Yeah, and... I do still, I still, as a fan with my fan hat on, I do get worried about Eels games because I know that yeah, they no, that's can fair. I think that's fair. Bring a, they can spring a win on Penrith. Well, they, they did it year. earlier in the year. Yeah. yeah. And, and I thought Penrith actually played really well in that game. It was kind of, I know that they had a scratchy start to the season on the, in terms of wins and losses, but I don't think they were bad in that loss to Parramatta. So, yeah, I mean, they've shown that they can, they can pull it out of the fire. And it feels like it'd be very Parramatta to win this game now that nothing's really on the line. But, no, I'm going yeah, to tip I'm, Penrith. I'll, I will. I'll, I'll tip Penrith. The only time this year I haven't tipped him was when they were under strength against the Cowboys, which was their last loss. But, um, yeah, I, I think they're, they're the smart bet here. And, and the Panthers side looking to lock up the minor premiership. I know that 
Ivan Cleary in, in previous years like has spoken about how much that is a goal, the minor premiership. And I think he's the kind of bloke that when, when he can downplay something, he will take that opportunity. So for him to really talk up and go, this is this is the prize for the most consistent team, this is something we really value, shows that it is a big priority at the foot of the mountains to finish first there. Um, and if I'm the Panthers, I probably would rather play um, rather play the Storm than the Warriors, I think, um, in that first week. So, so yeah, I'd expect the Panthers 13-plus win, but it's the Eels, nothing would surprise me. That's true. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away, Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. And we begin the news segment with some awful news. The worst news of the year, I think it's it's mm. fair to say. Um, with the, the tragic death of Rabbitohs Premiership winner, Kyle Turner, who was, was a huge part of that 2014 team um, and was just 31 years old. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what we can say that hasn't been said. Um, but Kuna Barabran boy, a good friend of our friend of the show, Harry Ramage, that grew up together. He is understandably devastated at the moment with what's happened, as I think everyone involved in rugby league and everyone in, in that town is. But um, yeah, I mean, Carl Turner's a guy I remember clearly. He's a guy that, because I was mates with Harry, um, I knew heaps about when he was coming through, when he was coming into first grade, because Carrie kept saying, keep an eye out for this guy from Kuna, Kyle Turner. He's a goer. And a goer he was. I mean, he was a guy that was so important to the best day of my sporting life and one of the best days of my life in general in 2014. And beyond that, he was a person who, when you interviewed him, was always nice, always had always had time, always took, always took questions seriously. And just the stuff you heard from like other people from, from his former teammates this week on Instagram paying tribute to him and, and from, you know, from, from Harry talking about him just by all accounts, a lovely fella and a great guy. And this is just a tragedy, Jasper. Yeah. When, when someone loses their life like this at such a young age, it's always shocking, but I think more reports and all accounts and everyone sharing the memories of Kyle in the last few days, it's felt all the more shocking for a bloke who seemed to just radiate positivity. And yeah, uh, it's, it's, what can you say? Incredibly upsetting. I thought it was really, a, I thought it was genuinely a touching thing to retire the 15, number 15 jersey and put it on the, put it on the bench like South did there, playing for a guy who was important to the most important day of their modern history. Um, yeah. Um, it, it, it's upsetting. Very upsetting. Yeah. And look, I mean, you, you never know what's going on with people, I guess, is the lesson that we unfortunately have to keep learning every time a story like this happens. So really anyone out there, like I just I do encourage you, like talk to someone if you're not feeling good. Talk to me. Send the podcast a message. I don't give a shit. I'll talk to you. Just don't just don't think that there's no options for you. Because there 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 should be for everyone out there. Everyone everyone out there has people that care about them and that love them. And times like this only serve to remind us of the fact that you know, our mental demons can get the better of us a lot of the time. And just it's important to try and get on top of those when you can and not just think that no one's here for you and that no one loves you because it's not true. 
for any of us. Um, but yeah, rest in peace, Kyle. Um, you'll you'll be a part of South history forever. And I I don't really know what else to say, mate. But yeah, just just devastating news. And I'm yeah. Um, oh, it's just it's just an awful story. Like I, I just, like nothing like because like you know it's it's like when when you sort of look at something historical like there were story you know you when you're a kid you'd see the news and be like oh the last digger from world war 1's died or the last person from this thing has died and it's like the the, the idea that someone like, like someone who was so important to such a gigantic day in rugby league history and in in, in south history could just be gone just be taken from us so so ahead of time it's just it's 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 obviously sad, but it's also just so. It's just I I still can't really compute it. You know what I mean? Like I still can't really wrap my head around the fact that this has happened, but it has. And yeah, just talk to someone. I suppose is all. Anything else you want to say about this? No, no. I think that's that. You're you're exactly right. And and yeah, the message is to to reach out if you're not feeling 100 percent right. And you know it's something we all go through to varying varying degrees ill mental health but yeah it's it's, it's not something you have to go through alone so absolutely i think well, well said matt and yeah it just it just feels unreal doesn't it that this could happen That's... to someone who was so important um and such a such a live wire on he's, young, he's younger than me mate like fuck yeah christ yeah. um <laughs> arl chairman peter valandis has promised to explore the possibility of a rule change over the summer to repeat avoid a repeat of the ruben gag incident on Friday night, this is from Michael Chambers's column, which is is dropped overnight. Um, I don't really know what to make of this. Like, this was like a strange one, right? Because watching this game, like you saw that incident happen, and you're, I'm sure, like me, your your initial reaction was, "Whoa!" Like, "Oh shit, someone's gonna get yeah. tuned in, or someone's gonna." And then you watch one replay, and you go, "Oh well, the ball bounced, so you're allowed to tackle him." And then you go, "Oh," and he landed on his back, so it wasn't above the horizontal, <laughs> and you're like. You went from send this guy off to, look, I know that looked bad, but that's probably not a penalty. And then, sure it, enough, it wasn't. So it's a funny one, isn't it? That the the rule around not tackling people in midair is to prevent injury, right? That that's why it's there. Um, and I, I understand it's a little bit different in that when you see a bloke going up for a kick, or like it's it's reasonable if you're a chaser to assume that a bloke, like a fullback, for instance, when there's a high ball, is going to jump. So that you don't you don't take that bloke out, you don't arm up and tackle. I understand that it's a little bit different from when the ball's kind of going every which way from a charge down. And it's really hard for Charles Nickel Cookstar to be able to predict that. But at the same time, there was an unacceptable risk of injury from what Chance did, right? I don't think you can dispute that. And Ruben Garrick has come off albeit towards the end of the game with a bit of a complaint in the back there. So yeah, I mean I, th- I think it's something they do need to look at. Matt, do you do you agree? Like it's yeah. an exceptional circumstance. Like that kind of thing doesn't this kind of thing doesn't happen often, right? Where a player is jumping for a ball that's not from a kick. Yeah, um, I, I I think that like is there like a catch all where you can kind of just wave your hand and be like, oh, that's dangerous play, and then no one would because if this had been a penalty, I don't think anyone would have argued, right? Like I don't think anyone would have been up in arms because it was it was dangerous. What what chance did? I don't think he meant to do anything. He's just a guy that plays the game at 100 no. miles an hour and he always has um but i mean it, it is unfortunate what happened but by the i think that they i mean i don't know what you do though because like then we might get to a, a future next year where like 
a grubber takes a, a bounce, like a nasty bounce where it goes, you know, one of those bounce where it goes really high in the air of people's heads and a guy jumps yeah. through to catch it and someone grabs him and it's a penalty. And it's like, do we really want to be getting to that point where like anytime a guy's feet leave the ground for any reason, you can't touch him. Like, I don't know, dude. I really don't know what the answer is because this was such a unique play. I hope we just don't see it again and then everything will be fine. Yeah, it's a shame that this is ultimately what decides whether a team does or doesn't make finals. Right, in terms of that was the last dagger. Well, I think Manly were fucked anyway, but I, I take your point. Yeah, I, but... no, I know, but as in like officially yeah. out of it. And it's a shame that that, like such a unique play mm. um, that kind of slips between the cracks and the rules is what decides their season. But yeah, like it's not something that's happening every week. Um, and if you look at the footage, like Chance, by the time he, by the time Garrick jumps off that ball, like it's kind of too late for Chance to do anything differently, isn't it? So, yeah, I, I don't know what's to be done. Maybe, like you say, you have that catch-all of like dangerous tack- like tackle in air or something. I don't know what you're doing because I agree with you that it's dangerous, but I also like, don't know what how you can enforce that going forward. But um, yeah, it's all right. Um, and uh, South will ask the ex- NRL for an explanation after an, a try was scored on the eighth tackle of a set. Um, yeah. I, I, again, I, I South, guess, yeah, sorry, you go. I was going to say, one of my pet hates is when people have a talk about tries that sure shouldn't have been scored in games that are decided by, by more than one try. Yes, like, I it's kind of like the game. Yeah, which is, thank, like, pleasingly, it didn't decide the game, right? Yeah. Because this would have been astronomical if it had have, yeah. given where the season's at. But, yeah, like investigate it. There's got to be an investigation. Someone's got to be accountable for this as the great Jeff TV said, but, but yeah, it, it's, it's not something that turned the game, fortunately. So I don't think we need to get too. It's quite funny in a game where South were dog shit it. and the Knights were brilliant and Souths were well beaten and they absolutely deserve to lose. But there's still like multiple moments in this game where I'm like, Oh, that's kind of shit. Like there was this and then the, the try where the ball hits the referee. Yeah. But again, Grant it's Atkins, like yeah. in Grant Atkins defense, I don't think he was expecting Latrell to just, swat the ball five meters forward for no reason while he was picking up a kick. But hey, Latrell does what Latrell does. Um, If people are wondering why we haven't talked about that charge, it's because we are recording this early in the morning before the charges come out. So we don't know if he's going to be facing a charge. It usually comes out around 11 a.m. and it is well Mm. before that right now. So uh, I, I thought it was childish, though. We might as well just mention that briefly. I thought it was idiotic what he did. And especially when you factor in that he basically cost the team a premiership two years ago by getting suspended for the finals run in 2021 to do something like this with a minute to go in a game where you're getting flogged. And it's like, at least with the Manu thing, right? At least I'm not defending it, but at least with that Manu thing, you could say, Oh, it's a big game against a big opponent who you hate. And he's trying to, he's trying to put a hit on to make a play and it went wrong. At least you can plausibly say that this was a minute to go in a game that was completely over against the guy on the ground. And thank God he missed him, right? Like he barely gets him. So I think that that's the only thing working in his favor here. I think what he did was very stupid, but I think because he kind of barely made contact with Frizzell, who probably either get no charge or escape with like a grade one and a fine or something. What do you think? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I know they do take injury. If someone, if if that knocks Frizzell out, I think that's a suspension every day of the week. But the fact that it doesn't, at the same time, it still does carry an unacceptable, unacceptable risk of injury, as the NRL judiciary likes to say. So, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either way. I know that's that's a bit of a crap position to take. But if you got a week, I wouldn't really be surprised. He makes head-high contact with his elbow. I mean, it's 
it's pretty bad. And we saw, I know it's not exactly the same, but Campbell Gillard sliding in on that tackle a couple of weeks ago. Mm. It's a similar level of carelessness, isn't it? Yeah. And he got four weeks for that. So it wouldn't shock me if Luttrell do have to spend a bit of time out for that one. Yes. Pen- Pen- Penrith players do famously get the judiciary sentences that they deserve, as we've seen <laughs> recently in the last couple of weeks. Um, well, James Fisher Harris the other day, I mean, well, I don't know. What, what did you make of that? That um, alleged hip drop tackle in that Titans game uh, only gets a suspension for that. I only gets a fine for that, not a suspension. It's so. not his. It's not his go, mate. Uh, I thought it was a hip drop. I also, I don't care. Like if he gets, like if he gets two weeks, misses the regular season, he's back for the finals anyway. So it doesn't doesn't yeah. really matter. They'll probably rest him anyway because they're so good and they could do those sorts of things. But so. of course, with South having the bye next week, any suspension yes, rubs Lutz right. out of that must win game. So yeah, I mean, even one week is is. I wouldn't say catastrophic, but it's it's getting to those areas. Stuff, yeah, two it? weeks would be a catastrophe. It could be tough time once again. Uh, it's 2021 all over again. Black Fantastic. Uh, the Lion of Transvaal. One last ride before he goes <laughs> to the Bulldogs. We love to see it. Okay, before we get out of here, quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com forward slash rookies. You get access to our Discord server, a third show every single week. Uh, you get merchandise discounts, entry to next year's Coltrane Cup, and plenty more. And as an added bonus, uh, Jasper will provide a lifeline if you go to Pub Trivia. You can call him for one question, and he'll give you the answer. No questions asked. Can you confirm that? That's that's correct. I'm a bit of a Pub Trivia fiend, as we know. Yes. Actually, came third last week, though. So certainly, it was me and one other person, though. So we've got to get. We've got to get. That person this- was my mum. We've got to get this podcast preeminent nerds to team up in the off season and go and just crush trivia like me, you, Matt Coleman, Campo. Mine Gabor, like, I reckon. Oh, Gabor, yeah, crap. absolutely. Yeah. Um, if there's a rugby league only round, Gabor, Gabor's our man. But if it's, you know, anything but rugby league, <laughs> could be in trouble. The man yeah. lives and breathes footy. But yeah, oh, mate, if there was a rugby league trivia, I think you could pop him on a table. Like we, the rest of us also there, but you plop just him and Camp on a table, and they'd they'd get every and Harry as well for that matter. They'd just get every question. But yeah, pub yeah. trivia. Uh, have you been on? I, I was told by a source that you've been on game shows on TV. Is this true? Man, I have. I was on. I went on with my brother. Uh, he's a bit of a pub trivia fiend as well. Uh, we went on Mastermind a couple of years ago, oh. and yeah, it was pretty fun actually. Made it to the weekly final with my special subject, Flight of the Concords. And great show. Was yeah, awesome show. And then was knocked out by the bloke who ended up winning the entire season. So that was a bit stiff. I think that's a and smart then, expert subject, by the way, because there's only like two seasons. So yeah, like, like, like I, for sure. If you if you if you go on there and say like, the Simpsons, right? Like, there's so much of it, and like obviously, if you said Simpsons, even Simpsons season one to ten, which would I think I would nail and have nailed in the past, like. There's still 10 seasons of it. I think having a show with like one or two seasons is a brilliant move by you. This is my thinking that I'm a Simpsons tragic as well and would have really backed myself to get niche stuff. But yeah, like I, I really love Flight of the Concords. Don't get me wrong. When I was 13, Great show. it all came out. Like I knew all the words for everything. Um, but part of it was, yeah, there's two seasons. I just watched it a bunch of times. I think it was during mm-hmm. lockdown as well that we went all that, that I found out was going on. So I had all this time. And yeah, like it was kind of got to the point where there was no questions that they could ask me that I wouldn't know because I just watched it that many times. It was very sad. But um, I think I was recently single at the time, possibly as well. So that might have helped. I rewatched um, it like a month ago. It's great. It's great. It's And it holds up pretty well. Like there's a couple of moments, but but for a comedy, like a mid-2000s sort of comedy, hmm. um, it kind of, it could have gone a little bit off the rails. Like if you rewatch like Dodgeball and stuff like that, yeah. some of it is aged like milk. But Reece, Reece, Darby, Reece Darby is so funny. 
Yeah, he, he kind of makes a show, doesn't he? He's so good. But, yeah, went on that and then went on The Chase with my brother as well, um, which was a lot of fun. Took the low offer, which I've been hounded about. Did you? Incessantly ever since. Yeah, I did. Jasper. I did, mate. I know, and I know, but I was, in, in my defence, my brother did as well. We read this article from one of The Chasers in the UK version. It was on, like, some website, and he said that your chances of getting back if you have a low offer are incredibly high. And if you get everyone back as a four-player team, your chances are incredibly Did you win high. money? Yeah, for sure. We won. Oh, we won six grand. We won six grand each. So that was between. Good. Oh, each. So between four of you. Yeah, between four Fuck of yeah. us. So, awesome. Yeah, twenty-four grand. Went to, there you go. Yeah, went to Nepal. It was awesome. That That's was a good great. Trip. All right. Um, well, there you yeah. go. There's your pub lifeline potential patrons. So, you could just use Google, but that's no fun. Sneak into a no. toilet cubicle and call Jasper. Yeah, I had a friend do that. I had a friend do that last week. By the way, he sent me a photo of um, sent me a photo of like obscure Simpsons characters at the Simpsons trivia night he went to and like sent me a photo and was like who are these characters who were they uh like the ones he didn't know were I can't off the top of my head like one of them was one of the ones he didn't know was um the guy that runs the tattoo shop who is Marvin Monroe's brother oh yeah yeah. Mervyn Monroe yeah Yeah. the fact that we even might know that that is concerning but then like no but the rest the rest were the rest were quite easy I think it was like um no one cares about this. <laughs> I, no, I've got to, I'll go find the message. I'll tell you after we get off the air. But before we get out of here, a thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Where's Wayno, Two Black Eyes Can't Be Told, Alex Sergicomi, Appy's Clutch Manufacturing, proud sponsor of Big Cat Rescue, Bruce the Pom, Butsy, Call Me, King of the Mountain, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, David Dockhog, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Horsburgh, Scoresborough, It's Russell, Crover. Oh, right, because South suck. Jace Felix Farmworth, Jason, Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Kick Souths out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidmore, Mads, Taylor's version, Matthew Duggan, Michael, Wake Me Up When the Taylor Swift Questions and Damari, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my name is Matt Bungard and I love Taylor Swift. My name is Matt Bungard and I love the Canterbury Banks and Bulldogs. My ding ding dong is hard and I am sad. It sure is. Never Trendy, Patrick Manners, Pete Fulcher, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, See You in Vegas, Shunther Ty, The Black Vegetable, Thor, Tom Hardy, Watch me widdip, watch me nay nay, was and Westlife podcast. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Jasper, where can people find your work? Do we think, just before I say that, do you think Russell Crover, it, Russell, that, do you think that's the same as the Takiaho Tough Night bloke? No, I that's, no, I know no? who they all are. No, no, the, the oh. Takiaho guy is now I the guy who makes me say I love the Bulldogs. That got that killed me. The the tough night one. That He'll be delighted to know that it was so funny. Yeah. Um. My stuff is at Australian Associated Press. It's sort of scattered all around, all around the place in Australian community media titles. Uh. Sometimes Sydney Morning Herald on a good day as well. But all, all over the shop under the AAP Newswire umbrella. Yeah. Um. And who would win in a fight between you, Scott Bailey, and George Clark? Um. Would you and Scott gang up on George? Yeah, I think George Clark is the obvious answer there, man. He's from the north of England. That is, he knows he knows his way around. He knows yeah, his way around. Absolutely. All yeah. right. Well, listeners, we have come to the end. Jasper, thank you so much. Hopefully, we can have you. Oh, well, we will have you back on for uh, a segment that I've got planned for the finals. I haven't told listeners about that yet, uh, but uh, we will see you next time. Say goodbye. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks for listening. And it's goodbye from me.